Hi, welcome back. Michelle Sparks with you, illuminating anorexia, eating, self and body issues. Today we're going to be picking up on the second part of our recovery conversation with Chelsea, age 19. So we're going to go straight to that right now. One of the things you said um, is that, you know, you were talking about how you you think differently, you reflect on things, you've been able to pick mm. up on certain things that you know aren't healthy, whereas before mm -hmm. you were absorbing them a lot more easily. You said, now I reflect and I stop and I realise certain things aren't right. And I said, what sort of things? And you said, cultural things that I've previously mm. understood as being normal. And I just wondered if you could say a little bit more about, you know, could you be more specific about what were some or what have been some of those cultural things that you know, you previously thought were normal and now that you're questioning, you've got that capacity to question. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think um, that a lot of um, the things that culture, um, a lot of the talk around body image in, the, in our culture can be quite toxic and actually yes. um, in reality is quite unhealthy and we don't realise it because everyone... Um, is kind of talking the same way. Yeah. Um, um, so I guess just um, certain talk about, um, you know, being fat as, as um, equal, equaling uh, like unsuccess or failure um, and kind of the, the idea that you have to be a certain size to be successful at life or to be able to enjoy life. Um, it's just totally wrong and yeah, through through the past couple of months I've just really been able to um, to see that that stuff is actually not correct. It's, yeah. it's, it's actually what contributes to the eating disorder. Um, yeah, and I've just got to learn to now block it out and ignore it and when I get the opportunity to um, to be able to help people to um, to tell them that what their belief is sometimes not correct and that's just a result of, um, I guess, being, I guess, absorbing what the culture has fed us for so long. Yeah, I've really noticed that. I've heard, it's wonderful. So you're much more aware of those, you're, you're hearing those messages in, with a whole different head, headset on, you know, you're really picking them up. I noticed you yeah. were saying that in relationship to, you know, you were sitting chatting to someone and they said something about going back for a second helping or whatever and it really, it disturbed you and, you know, you, you're even thinking now you have a desire to help others not be so beaten up by this toxic culture which is really fantastic. So it's a, around body image, is that correct? It's the body image and the success related to, to your appearance that is a really strong cultural message that you really can see and challenge now more strongly. Totally, that's right. And I think, um, yeah, I think in particular, like the fashion industry and the modelling industry um, are the biggest culprits, um, yeah. which is kind of sad because um, it restricts us from being able to um, fully enjoy, um, I guess, fashion and clothes sometimes. Um, I hear you. Because that's a real, yeah. that's something that you really love, isn't it? And yeah. you're right. It's, it, yeah, I hear you. So that's really restricting that for you. Yeah, I'm really passionate about um, fashion and clothes, but I don't think that should 
um, I don't think how the world sees fashion should um, be the way I see it. I, I just think it's such an individual um, thing to be able to explore and we shouldn't be fed certain ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, what I'm thinking too as you're speaking is that you know, when you want to look at beautiful fabrics and interesting design ideas, you, you, you're a bit caught because you really want to um, look at those images, but those images come with that sort of toxic cultural message because they're packaged in that certain way that is really inviting us to judge and measure our, our acceptability or success or beauty yeah, by these totally. standards. Mm. Totally. I've definitely um, become more aware, like, of the tug of war in my mind um, when I see, um, I guess, beautiful fabrics or beautiful clothes. Like, on one hand, I want to be able to fully express myself, but then I can sense, on the other hand, I can sense the pressure, the external pressure coming from. Um, social expectations of what women should look like. Um, so, yeah, that's something I've become more aware of. Mm. Actually, that might fit into another thing that you said. You said you were also, also the pressures that you put on yourself, they're not healthy for me. Can you tell me more yeah. about those pressures that you've, you put on yourself that you've become aware and not healthy for you? Yeah, I think um, pressure, um, the pressures that I've put on myself um, in the past, in the past, um, uh, ones like physical. Um, so I've put pressure on myself in regards to the way I look, um, that I have to um, have a certain appearance to um, be well liked or be accepted, um, and also the um, I guess the pressure to perform my best in. Um, in practical ways, so whether that be at sport or um, performing um, socially, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think it's always a journey, it's always a journey, but I've, I think the fact that I've become aware of those pressures that I've put on myself um, is the first step. It really is, because until you have yeah. that awareness, you can't really make any changes, can you? That's right. Mm. Mm. And yeah. it's interesting too, isn't it? Because, you know, if you think about some of those pressures, if you think about someone you care about or a, a good friend, I, I wonder, do you judge them in that manner? Like, do, do you judge no. them by... Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Isn't it funny that we're so... It's so easy... Um, to be kinder to other people than it is to be kind to ourselves. Mm. And it's all, mm. it's, an actually, it's actually a very nice little trick or tool when you're feeling, um, you know, you've been hypercritical of yourself. Mm. It is often a good thing just to think, wait a minute, what would I say to someone I cared about who was yeah. expressing these opinions or views of themselves? What would I, what would I think and what would I say? Yeah. Because mm. that's, and then we can kind of use that same insight towards ourselves and go, well, wait a minute, maybe I need to ease up and be a little bit less harsh. We can kind of exactly. turn down that critic. Yeah. 
Sorry, fantastic. What's that? Oh, I'm looking after my grandma's dog. I'll just put her out. So cute. Okay, there she goes. She's gone. In another part, you were saying that um, you were talking about, you know, how you think about yourself's change. You know that you're valued. Um, you know that's a journey. You were saying that too. I'm, I'm worth so much more than what I eat and what I look like, yeah. and etc. Yeah. And you were saying that God has to be the foundation of everything. Um, so mm-hmm. that we can be healthy and have good relationships, etc. And I, I so agree with that. But I'm just wondering, because that concept can be quite hard for some people to get their heads around, like, God, what do you mean by that? I'm wondering, I'm, I'm assuming, but wondering, just wanting to check in with you, are you, I, I'm assuming that what you mean needs to be the foundation, the anchor is his, God's estimate of our worth and value. That's what's got to be mm-hmm. that robust sure foundation because that doesn't change whereas all the other values and the estimates that people put on our performance or our life or our our appearance or success they can be a little bit more tenuous and mm-hmm. variable but would that be yeah. right is that what you mean when you say that's got to be your anchor your foundation absolutely i think um um I think it's it's kind of unfair for us. Our natural instinct is to um, rely on people to give us um, a certain amount of affection and love, but um, but it's kind of unfair because there's only so much people can do because we're human, we're not perfect. Um, exactly. But I think the revelation that God is perfect and he loves us so un- unconditionally um, is really healing and it's something that um, in in my recovery with you, Michelle, um, it's been like it's been something that I've learnt. Um, his love for me is something that I have knowledge of um, yes. that I know is true. But it's I think now I'm in the process of experiencing that, and I think that comes with time as well. That is that is so beautiful. That that yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Really amazing. It is. It is. It is healing because, I mean, our our beautiful human relationships can be helpful and they can be healing to a degree without a doubt. But no one yeah. can be there perfectly the way we sometimes need to experience that assurance or that that unconditional love and valuing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sometimes we're on our own. Sometimes we don't have anyone that's really giving us those messages and sometimes with an eating disorder in particular um, the lies that we've been believing can block our ability to actually receive mm-hmm. good truth and messages and mm-hmm. and love from others that you know we, we're almost locked up in a prison inside that's it, it's like it's um, bound by the the lies that we're believing that stop us from actually receiving that truth that wait a minute you know you're not being judged by how you look or that person really does think you're pretty cool. They're not just looking at you and going, oh, wow, she's a, a you know, like she's yeah, not got yeah. the right clothes no, on today so or right. she's, you know. It's, those lies actually block our ability to receive truth and to receive that nurture and to receive that love. So I do think, like you're saying, I do think that ability to receive at a very deep level that spiritual nurture, that nurture and that affirmation and that assurance that we are unconditionally loved and desired and chosen, mm. it mm. heals the, the rejection and the self-rejection, 
so yeah. incredible. It's such an incredible interior experience. And that then sets us up to receive or be more open to receiving other people's nurture and other people's right. acceptance. Yeah. So it's a real catch-22, isn't it? It's a, you're either spiralling up towards that beautiful acceptance or you're spiralling mm -hmm. in and down towards more and more negativity and self-rejection. Yeah, mm. that's right. Something else you said that was really powerful was... Um, you know, you were talking about accepting your feelings rather than fighting them and you were saying that you were using food to suppress how I was feeling and numb the pain. Can you say more about that pain you were trying to suppress? The reason I'm asking that is because I'm sure there's going to be other young ladies like yourself who are, you know, on the surface of their disordered eating, they're, they're, they're trapped in that sort of cycle of restricting and all of that, but they're not really aware of what's underneath that. And can you say what what was the pain, or can you can you unpack that a little bit? What was the pain that you were trying to suppress or numb? I think um, I think um, the pain was not feeling valued, and yeah. I somehow I, I, I was brainwashed. Essentially, I was brainwashed that through um, either restricting or um, overeating that I will somehow be able to um, feel better in myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And um, something else I think I've heard you say, which I'm wondering if it's there too, because this is a very common experience en route to developing eating issues, is that feeling of not being good enough, which is another yeah. way of saying not being valued as we are. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think it's very easy for us um, to judge ourselves as much, um, more than we judge others. And um, in some ways, um, by, by restricting, we feel like we can become, um, we can better ourselves. And in some ways, that's, that's true. But there's, um, I think, there's a line you can you can better yourself in a healthy way, but in an eating disorder, you have no sense of um, where that line is when it becomes unhealthy, um, and so we're just on the endless drive to perfection, which is and and like it's not an actual destination. Um, it's not it's not real. Yes. That's very insightful, that um, inability to, to find the line, like you cross the line, you find yeah. yourself in that place of extremes. And, mm. and that's something you talked about also. I loved it. You spoke about your pursuit of balance and this ability to now, you know, you've, I mean, honestly, from looking at your, the questionnaires that we did at the start of, you know, when you first started to see me and then now, you have made some really significant changes. You're much less rigid and much less fearful of food and mm. you're not engaging in dieting behaviour. You're not vomiting after you've eaten. You're much less preoccupied um, by the desire yeah. to be thin. You're less aware of the calorie content of foods. These are just some of the very um, objective measures. Um, yeah. And, you know, you've, you, your mood's changed. I mean, you know, obviously we were talking a little bit about the fact that your binging um, at times has increased, but you were talking a lot about um, being able to find this balance 
you, you know, you're kind of from a pendulum where you've been either, you know, in your experience you've had some real restricting and then you've had some binging and now you're kind of coming yeah. back and you're recalibrating, which is such a beautiful picture of the recovery journey. Yes, yeah, um, definitely. And I, I love, I just wonder if you can tell us a little bit more about that because um, I'm just wondering what, what do you think it's been in our work together that has helped you to find that balance more, to come back from those extremes and come into that place of more balance? Yeah. Um, well, I think first I've got to say that it's so, it's so normal. Um, well, I've realised you've taught me that it's so normal to um, experience, I guess, overindulgence after you've been restricting for so long. And yes. I'm, I'm, although it's really hard, I am at peace with the fact that I know I'm going to find balance. Um, yes. And I think my time with you has taught me to, I guess, just sit with how I'm feeling even when I'm, when, even when it's really hard, um, I think by sitting with how you're feeling, you're not um, suppressing or um, ignoring how you feel. And um, when you actually, yeah, you just sit with your emotions, you really, I think that's finding balance. You, I don't know, you um, kind of just recalibrate in a sense and I think in an eating disorder, you're so used to um, just ignoring um, how you feel. And yeah, yeah, what was yeah. they going with that? No, um, no, you're spot on. It's actually, so you're able to sit with the feelings and actually as you do that, you can listen. It's like you've got an opportunity to listen to that hunger, that emotional hunger and even mm. to even to sort of find new ways to manage that. And the fact that you are more self-accepting, like you, you feel more okay about yourself, that, you know, that you've been talking about that as well, it means you can sit with those emotions and rather than run from them or you know, divert them into disordered eating behaviours, you can, you can go, okay, what do I need to do with that anxious? Or what do I need to do with that sad? Yeah. You know, you can do, yeah. you've, you've got more options because you're not in this kind of extreme place. You're not going from one extreme to the other, restricting, binging, trying to control or suppress. You're actually yeah. sitting with your reality and able That's to experience right. it. And that, that actually does even something in your body. It helps your body to calm and it helps your yeah, mind that. to go to actually, yeah. Because you've talked about that too, um, recalibrating been able to sort of swing a little bit on that pendulum and even though as you said it's not really comfortable at times you have become able or enabled to take the journey which yeah you couldn't do earlier and that's kind of recovery that's you're, you're on that beautiful road to finding that balance and finding that way that works for you where you can mm -hmm. listen to your hunger and your emotions yeah yeah and nurture yourself more effectively yeah. definitely yeah. and as we said before it is such finding um finding that balance um is actually it's such a beautiful journey and not just in the sense that you have more peace with yourself but i actually feel like i'm i'm 
more myself, if, if that makes sense. I've discovered um, what I like more, what I don't like, what I'm good at, um, the hobbies I enjoy. I just, finding that balance, it's, it's really enjoyable. Even though it's hard, it's, I can, I can really, I feel like I'm really enjoying my life more as I'm on this journey. Oh, music to my ears. No, that's, <laughs> that's just so, that's so beautiful. And, and that is the gift, if you like, of doing the work of recovery because you are and have and will continue to discover more of your true self, your what fits you, mm. and that is how you start to flourish in life yeah. as you live out of that place. Well right. done. Thank well you. Done. It's, yeah, I couldn't have done it without it's you. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's just so wonderful to hear that. I, I'm... So delighted, especially as you, you know, head out now for a new adventure. Another question I thought would be lovely to ask you. If you think back to, if you think back to how you were feeling and thinking about yourself, about life before we started working together and where you are now, you might have an image, you might just have some words. Can you, can you capture the before and after? Can you... It could be a picture, it could be words, it could be just a feeling. Do you, can you do that? Is there anything you could do to paint um, that picture for us? This time last year when I was really, I think I was at my worst um, and I reached a point that I was really tired of the way I was treating myself um, in restriction, um, I felt really... Oh, I can't really low, just not myself. I think I felt I for, kind of forgot who I am. Um, yeah. It was like my real my real personality was trapped in a sense um, because my thoughts were elsewhere. They were on food and body obsession, and um, they weren't on the things that I enjoy. And um, yeah, I just. I found it so hard to enjoy life and wow yeah and now whereas and now I feel I feel really excited about the future actually I feel like um really just enthusiastic about about life and about um having come out of this space um because it's not how I want to live ever again um, yeah. but I, then again I, I don't um, I, I'm grateful that I have been through it uh, one one that um, one so that I can um, live life and enjoy it even more but also two so I can hopefully help other people going through a similar thing one day um, yeah. yeah and yeah, I definitely feel more more myself and just, yeah, happy and enthusiastic about life, I think. Oh, that's fantastic. That's just so fantastic. I'm kind of getting a picture of, um, it's funny because we've been talking a lot about flourishing and you moving on to flourish in life. And I'm, I'm kind of getting that picture of, of uh, like a, a rosebud or a, you know, a, a, a beautiful flower that's just starting to really open up and blossom so That's right. yeah. yeah 
That's beautiful. Well, yeah. I'm just so delighted. I'm so delighted for you. And I'm going to just Thank ask you a couple of questions now that are really just more for me. Um, now, you, you read my book, Eliminating Anorexia, didn't you, I think. Did you read that? I did, yes. Can you tell me, was that helpful for you? I think um, hearing anybody else's story and how they received freedom um, and are able to enjoy life, I think it's always helpful. But I think yeah. your story in particular, Michelle, um, was really um, encouraging because it focused on the spiritual aspect of um, healing. Yes. And I think that's quite unique. You don't see a lot of that in the market, I guess, of um, um, other people's stories yeah. of eating disorder recovery. Um, yeah, and everyone's story is so unique, but you can still see similarities and yes. um, and appreciate those and learn from others. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I don't know if you got to read my e-book. You might not have because... Um, did you? Did you I think I did, the short one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was that, was, how did you find that? Any thoughts around that just for me to, you know, tuck away under my hat so that I can think about how to make things more helpful? Absolutely. When I um, first read that e-book, it was um, just before I started working with you um, uh-huh. and before I had done the 4x4 um, Freedom Express program online. But that ebook was really it just had all the all the um ba- the basics of what you would what you teach um, and it was really just an in- introduction for the journey I was about to go on. All those um diagrams were so helpful and they gave such a um such clarity i think wow that's yeah. great so I do kind of give a little bit of an overview of the four by four in that. Did it? Did that make sense for you? Because yeah, I don't. I've, it, it's hard to know when you're not when you're so close to the material. It's hard to know. Did did that make sense? And did it make you feel like oh, there's a way off the treadmill? And definitely, hundred yeah. percent. The four by four was so helpful in um, getting me to think about um, yeah, getting me to think more deeply about how I'm thinking and living and being able to reflect and, um, yeah, analyse my, my beliefs that I've had for so long. Yeah, just that clarity. I, I received so much clarity from the 4 by 4 And some tools? Yeah. Did you feel like you got some tools to help you, you know, think, sit with emotions and challenge your, fit, your thinking and anchor your work Definitely. and values? Definitely. It was, it, was, it, was, um, it was quite, um, on one hand, it quite conceptual and it gets you to think a lot but it also encourages practical things to do to um, move forward into healing that's great fantastic thank you for that I think I finished it as I was starting to speak with you one-on-one so that was helpful because um, you kind of referred back to what I was learning I wonder what the experience would be if you just did it the online version. Any thoughts about the difference between just doing the online and then doing? Yeah, I think um, individually, um, the four by four and the one on one counselling, they're both very helpful. 
but they also, if you're doing both, they work so hand in hand. Yeah. Um, I, I loved especially having, being able to talk with you face to face because it's, uh, it's quite, it's a bit more personalized and you kind of help me in a more um, individual way. Yes. Um, Absolutely. That's yeah. the value that, you know, that's the unbeatable value, I suppose, of the one-on-one because you're dealing very specifically with your unique personal material, what's happening for you, whereas in a, everything else is much more, it, well, it has to be more generalised. It, it, it can't not be if you're not doing yeah. that specific unique work. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And I found that I experienced a lot of nurture in the way you um, worked with me face-to-face. Oh, that's beautiful. It's, yeah. That's a beautiful statement and, and it's an interesting one too because when I read about you know uh, self-compassion and the ability for us to be compassionate and kind to ourselves, we actually learn that from the modelling we receive. We, before we can be compassionate or kind to ourselves, we've actually got to kind of have that from another towards us. Right. Yeah, isn't that an amazing thought? So that's mm. why I think when I'm you know, often in the podcast as I'm talking out there to, you know, whoever's at the end of my voice, I sometimes think, yeah, but you might not have anyone in your world right now who's, you know, encouraging you and giving you that sense that you really deserve nurture. You are worthwhile and, and of great value. And um, I suppose I often come back to that God space for those people because I just know that, you know, if you're really isolated and... Um, yeah, you're really in that place where you feel like you are just a loser, you're a failure, mm. no one loves mm. you, you might as well whatever. You you really need to experience something different. And as we said before, sometimes the lies that we've been believing can really block us from receiving the nurture that could even be around us on a human level. And um, yeah. so that ability, that supernatural that ability of God to kind of supernaturally get into that inner inner place of ours, that interior space, that heart of ours, and just with that truth that he really does love us and that we really, we're created with worth and value. That's just, right. That helps us to then go on to receive nurture from both mm-hmm. the community, from our environment, and, and even to take it in ourselves, whereas we stop pushing it away because we start to believe something different. We start to experience something different. Yeah. So I'm just thinking that because, you know, I, I know the value of working one-on-one and I know the value of, I really believe healing is a relational thing. It's really important for people to connect. I don't think mm. you can get healed in isolation. But even as I mm. say that, I know that there's people that listen in and I know that there's some very lonely lives and, and people feeling very bad within themselves and finding it very mm. hard to open up and let anyone into their world. So what would you say to someone who's maybe feeling that way? I think it's important to um, get yourself around people because the eating disorder almost feeds off isolation. Um, It really does contribute um, to your mental health and in connection you you not only receive... um, receive healing and just encouragement I guess but you also get the opportunity to give into someone else's life and I think um, yeah yeah yeah. that's so powerful that in itself is such a powerful thing because 
that giving, not just receiving, but that giving is such a powerful part of our healing, isn't it? It is. It, it, it really makes is. you feel great. <laughs> yeah, it builds you and, it's so, and it actually reaffirms the truth that you've got a lot to give. No matter That's how much right. you're struggling, you're still a beautiful person with great thoughts and ideas and a heart and you can give from that space and that can build your confidence and it can build your worth and value. And it's again Absolutely. that sort of cycling up into a better place rather than cycling down into a more down, bound place. Mm. So. Mm. Yeah. So good. Oh, you have just been such a delight to talk to. I, I'm so grateful. I'm, I, um, I'll, I'll turn off the record. So there you have it, um, part two of our conversation with Chelsea. Now that was actually recorded three years ago. It's taken me uh, a while to put that one together. And um, I've been speaking with Chelsea and Frida and Jeannie and, and some of the girls that you've heard before on these podcasts and um, yeah I might even bring you their voices again in an updated fashion about where they're up to right now but if you have any questions or you want to check out more information on um, the 4x4 or how I can support you to get free of your eating disorder concerns please come to michellesparks.com really happy to have a chat with you so don't hesitate to get in touch and until next time travel well